Välkommen! Välkommen, bienvenue. Welcome, Welcome to the Watching Up podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm Rachel. I just spoke some Swedish for you guys. I learned it at Ikea this weekend. I hope you <laughs> liked it. I like how some Swedish words are just like kind of what the words are in English. Like the doormat was called Velkomen. Yeah. Velkomen. Like I just think that's I know. so funny. Isn't that German too? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's I think maybe it's the same, but I know German is Vilkomen. But it, yeah, I've thought about that too, how it's just basically English, but like, And I think a lot of Dutch words sizzle. are like that too. Like when you read it or you say it out loud, you like can tell what it's saying. Yeah. It sounds very <laughs> Guten similar. Morgen. <laughs> Guten Morgen. Yes, I like that one. <laughs> We're so how cultured. are you doing, sister? I'm doing good. Just <laughs> chugging along. <laughs> I had uh, something concerning happen to me. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. <sighs> Yesterday, I was putting in my contacts. And then I like walked out to like see something and I noticed like one of mine was like off, like I couldn't see out of that eye. So usually when that happens, it gets like folded or like rolled or something. It gets like stuck kind mm-hmm. of like on the side or in the top or in the bottom. But usually it like makes its way out within like a few minutes and like, I don't know what's going on because <laughs> either, either it fell out <laughs> And I didn't notice, which I'm thinking is probably the largest possibility at this point, or it's still in there. But I really don't think it's still in there because I just can't feel it anymore. Yeah. Ew! That's so scary. But I did a lot of Googling, (laughs) and, like, it can't get lost, like, behind your eye, obviously, because, like, your eye is connected to the shit. And I really don't feel it, so me thinks... It fell out. Oh, I hope so. That's scary. But you never know. I've always, that's funny because I've always like imagined, I've always had this like um, idea in my head that like all the stuff that gets in your eye Mm -hmm. and just like you never can get it out. I just imagine like stuck. Yeah, I imagine like a pile of stuff in the back (laughs) of your eye that just gets stuck. I think a lot of people have like. real like when I talk about my contacts sometimes with people they're like they get really like bothered by the yeah, fact that, people I, hate that you touch stuff. your eye yeah um I mean I guess I've been doing it since I was like 12 but I would like to get LASIK I really think I decided <gasps> at some point yeah what a big step I'm just, I'm just tired like I used to be like no I don't want it because I like wearing glasses mm-hmm. like just as like a fashion statement sometimes but the cost of contacts and I I realize like more often than not I like how I look better without them without my glasses so mm-hmm. the cost of contacts just isn't worth it in the long run I feel like at this point I could have paid for LASIK like five times with yeah. the amount of money I've paid for contacts so yeah you can always wear blue light glasses like I do (laughs) yeah like I like the blue light glasses I like all that stuff but um yeah and it's also just disconcerting to like wake up like if there was something that happened in the middle of the night and I woke up and I just like couldn't see Mm -hmm. you know like I wish I could just like see yeah without having to like fumble for my glasses on my bedside table you know 
Like Velma. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's but, so funny that I guess we have like opposite experiences in that. <laughs> like you have this whole part of your life that like I can't relate to and vice versa. You know what? It's hard <laughs> out here for us non-vision people. Yeah. And um, I, I always take my vision for granted. Never don't again. Ever <laughs> take it for granted. You are blessed. Yeah. Well, I've heard. I mean, I don't really think I've ever heard anyone who's gotten LASIK say they regret it. So, right. I just, yeah. I think I just need to save up money for it and yeah. find like the best place to do it. Because I think I do have to have like some sort of of all the issues I've had I might have to have like a little bit more intense laser or something I don't know yeah I need to talk to somebody that actually knows what they're talking about, about that. But, your cornucopia um, my <laughs> cornucopia is triggered <laughs> she's triggered, <laughs> she's triggered. <laughs> but yeah how well, what have you been up to uh, just chilling I finally had a weekend to like be with myself so I took full advantage of that and I just like sat and chilled yeah that's um, always nice I like having a weekend to do nothing yeah smile yeah it was much needed and then I got yesterday off because I like I said I had to work one weekend day so I got to like make up for it during the week and so yeah I played pickleball again on Sunday and then last night I did karaoke, which is not a typical Monday activity for me, but that's so fun. What did you fun. sing? Me and my friend sing as if Burnin I don't up. already know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw that video on your Instagram, but I always have my sound off. But it, like, I didn't even need the sound off. Like, I know <laughs> she already knew. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm singing. typically like I really, really like karaoke, but I definitely like have to be pretty drunk for it like when I am drunk you like cannot get me off of the stage but this time it's more fun yeah and like yesterday I was like I I, like drove to the place and everything so I was like I'm not gonna get too turned (laughs) I'm not gonna get turned enough to like be my normal karaoke self but (laughs) but yeah it was fun so fun I love karaoke same my go-to song is You and I by Lady Gaga. That's one of mine, you know too. It's so yeah. good for karaoke. I know. That's a good one. But um, but yeah, I just sang Burning Up. I was going to sign up for another song, but it was like past the point of like it was the songs are piling up and I was like, by the time they get to me, it'll probably be past the time we want to leave. So <laughs> remember when we were in Mexico and they were doing karaoke and like, there were like three people there and (laughs) we went to sign up and they were like oh sorry we're full and we're like there are like literally three people here." they're like we're stopping in five minutes they're like no no one wants to watch you (laughs) i would have done it for sure they were probably right (laughs) that's fun well like i feel like the past obviously few months i haven't been getting a lot done because of my foot but this past weekend I was on my home improvement project grind nice what did you do she well 
my husband really wanted to get a security system. So we did that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And the guy was here literally 10 hours. I was like, I did not think it was going to take this 10 long, hours? Neek had to stay here while he did everything. And I went out. I went to Home Depot. I got more paint samples. I got light bulbs and just like replaced a few light bulbs that had gone out. And like, I'm still trying to pick a paint color. I've been looking at colors for months at this point and I can't like commit. For the living room? Or- just a basic, because when we bought our house, the whole house is painted this like gray color, which is nice, but it's just not really my vibe. And it's not like I want to paint everything blue or anything crazy, mm-hmm. but I just want a warmer color tone it's probably gonna like when people see it they're probably gonna be like it doesn't look any different than it did before but to me it makes a big difference oh yeah it will. um so i think i found one that i like <sighs> what? so that's big <laughs> news because i can finally start painting big spaces yeah that's and exciting. we also took off the blinds we have in our living room because they were very like dark and heavy were they like wooden they they weren't wooden they were plastic but they were dark brown which matches like the beams we have but it just made the room feel very dark all the time Uh so we took those down and we got new roller blinds from ikea which i think are a good interim solution until we can like get custom ones Uh uh-huh and then So we got those from Ikea and installed them, and I swapped out a lighting fixture in our kitchen. Wow. She was very productive. She was being Tim Allen. (laughs) She had her tool belt on. She was doing tool time. (laughs) She was. And I just always feel so accomplished when I do something like that. Yeah. Like, I'm the person that watches – TikToks of people like gutting their house, and I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I had a house. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, could I? I probably <laughs> wouldn't know what I was doing, but I could figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's yeah. exciting. I love having fresh elements in my space, <laughs> fresh elements all around us. <laughs> yep. That's cool. So you like your blinds? Love the blinds. Everything brighter. Really, like they allow so much more sunlight in, and Mm -hmm. it just makes me. It makes my mood better. Yeah, you know, I don't get a lot of sunlight in my house. It sucks. Yeah, I'm trying to remedy it because I think our house must. It doesn't face east or west, so I think it must face like north or south because there's never like direct sunlight coming in Uh which is nice because it doesn't get like too hot Hot, or cold but it is it does kind of feel dungeon like sometimes Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to like bring in more light where I can like I think I want to replace the front door with a door that has mostly glass or like frosted glass so it more light can come in and Mm -hmm. just little things I'm not gonna add like skylights or anything but (laughs) yeah yes A new door will be nice. A new door, a new day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we can jump on into our content recap. Um, The finale of the most boring Bachelor of all time. (laughs) Want to get into it? Uh, Yeah. I caught up on it today because I was out when it was on yesterday and... Mm -hmm. 
I just was like, I didn't, I just felt like not invested really. <laughs> no. In like, and this was also the most predictable season I've ever seen. Yeah. Like I remember honestly watching the first episode and they showed Katie's like intro package. Like I'm from Austin. I'm a nurse. I was like, she wins. <laughs> she did. I was like, okay. I didn't even know who she was until their date, but yeah. Um yeah, so Katie won, spoiler alert. Um and I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like what so the part that bugged me the most, apart from like Gabby, like Gabby talked about a lot of stuff afterwards that I was like, okay, he's just kind of lame, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but the part that bothered me the most is like whenever at the very end, whenever they brought Katie out onto the live stage. Yeah. And Zach was just like, I knew it was her from the like from early on. I just had to like wait out the season. And then I was like, but you literally just told Gabby a second ago that you didn't make up your mind until the night before. Like you realize that you're contradicting yourself. Like it's on tape. <laughs> like what no, is, I know. are you stupid? Like <laughs> He's the person that is always just oversharing, I feel like. Yeah. In the name of, I'm being honest, I'm being super honest, but there's times when you don't have to say every thought that's in your head, I feel like. Because at the expense of somebody else, like getting their heart broken or getting just hurt in general, like when when him and Gabby were on their date and she was like, how are you feeling? And he's like, I'm just so torn. I'm like, don't say that. (laughs) I feel like- tell her that. I feel like everything from the fantasy suites on was him just trying to appease her because he knew he had had sex with her. And like, Mm -hmm. he was just trying to kind of like, cover his tracks or like I don't know pick up the pieces from what he had done Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know I I feel like that was pretty much the only reason he strung her along right and it was very much giving oh you the producers saying oh you have to have like the limousine moment yeah you have to make it to the end you can't break up with somebody like before that yeah. So it was just hard, kind of hard to watch, honestly. And like, yeah, even when I she got there, she knew she was yeah. like, <laughs> she was like, don't park here when it matters when Katie comes. Yeah. They, she like stepped out into mud I or loved whatever. That part. That yeah. I, I just felt bad for her. I liked her a lot. And um, I liked I her too. But um, one thing I thought was funny was during the live studio audience, like, portion when they were talking to her and she was like confronting Zach she literally went on a tirade not a tirade but she was just like literally pouring out her emotions and she didn't stop talking for like 10 minutes straight and I was like somebody (laughs) to like interject like I need a little more back and forth yeah yeah I just thought that was funny yeah uh I don't know. I guess it was just the fact that that's like her specific insecurity is like feeling like she's always been second place and she was literally second place at the end of this. Like, yeah, like I, I kind of felt for her. But um, but yeah, it was clear that like she knew she wasn't going to get picked. The only reason that she stayed around was because she said that there was like something in the back of her head telling her that like maybe it is her and there's obviously probably like some producer intervention in there as well but yeah um but the whole time she was just like I know like I know what the outcome is gonna be so (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, it was it was too predictable. There was nothing. I mean, the I guess the fantasy suite thing was their whole like big drama of the season, but it wasn't really that compelling to me. And me either. Some things, some things off. Did you see that they announced that um, charity season is going to be airing in an hour later time yeah, slot? They I'm like, the time oh slot. shoot, this is the downfall of yeah. the Bachelor franchise. They've had this prime time slot for 20 plus years yeah. at this point. It's going to be um, over by my before or after my bedtime (laughs) yeah yeah especially the like three hour finale like yeah I know it sucks I mean I really did not enjoy Zach as the bachelor so I'm kind of like I'm kind of like happy I'm like this is what you get for like not having (laughs) charismatic people as your same time I'm kind of like I can see him and Katie getting married yeah like this might be the first successful Bachelor in a while. Which yeah, is it sucks of... that I didn't care about it. Yeah. Sucks that I literally don't care about either one of you, but congrats. Yeah, I mean, I hope they're happy together. I'm just like, it's not one of those situations where I'm just like rooting for them with all my might, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you want to be rooting for them by the end of a season. Mm-hmm. And um, they just uh, didn't give me a reason to. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think they they do they seem like they really are in love, so that's nice. They're in love, they're in love. And they I couldn't really get a good it. look at her ring either. Or oh, maybe yeah, I, I looked down. Neil Lane didn't show up. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it seemed like they were trying to not fully show it for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm like, is is Neil Lane okay? Can we get a wellness check? yeah they need to check on neil lane but last time we saw him he looked like he was aging backwards but maybe (laughs) it's caught up to him yeah no knock on wood knock on Uh, wood for neil but yeah happy for them did we miss anything probably a lot i'm not great at recapping (laughs) but um i mean they both met his family that nothing really like substantial happened during that time. I can't even remember his family. (laughs) Like, at all. They talked about how he was born, like, sick and, like, almost died. Sorry, it's not funny. (laughs) Me and my husband. It's totally not, like, a good joke, but Nick was like, oh, he was a weak baby, huh? Like... (laughs) It's not really a funny joke, but we were (laughs) Um... Yeah, I don't know. We don't I don't like him, so he's yeah. a dud. Unfortunately, he was a dud, but <laughs> hopefully charity can bring the heat. Yeah. I'm totally. excited for her season. Yeah, and when they showed the clip of her season and her brother came, I was like, Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's I'm excited nice to see what he protecting does. Protecting little sis. When he what he does when he goes undercover. <laughs> yeah. At least there's some sort of humor involved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Another season of The Bachelor has come to a close and we're not satisfied. <laughs> I'm glad it's what finally over. <laughs> I don't get I don't have to watch any more of him showering. Thank oh my God. gosh. <laughs> Too many shower scenes. <laughs> They just need to revamp it in some way. I don't know how. I don't mm-hmm. know what, but it just needs a breath of fresh air injected into it. Agreed. Yep. 
use your use your noggins, ABC. I know you. <laughs> I know you have some creative juices over there. Maybe they don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about that. Seems yeah. Like. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, moving on. Um, Succession season four premiered on Sunday. Yeah. I was trying to do a rewatch of all the seasons, but I didn't make it through. Um, I got like to the end of season two. Yeah, so um, I have in the past I've started Succession. I think I'm like I probably got like halfway through the first season and then I just like fell off for some reason, but I've decided I want to try and binge it before this final season finishes so I mm-hmm. can kind of like watch it along with everyone. Yeah. So that's what, that's my plan for at this point. For some reason for me and I did the same thing as you. I think I started watching it after season 2 finished. So I binged one and two and it was a good watch. I think my suggestion would be to not to try not to do more than like two episodes at a time okay, and just break them up because for some reason, this is one show that I really enjoy having it like once a week. Yeah. Um, and that like release is a really good pace for this show because it's very dialogue driven, character driven. It's not like anything I mean I guess I kind of would compare it to White Lotus where it's a lot of conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a lot of conversations but the writing is so good and funny and the characters are so unique and kind of just terrible but lovable at the same time mm-hmm. um so I think for a lot of people, maybe what deters them is they'll start watching it and try to watch like five in a row and maybe get like burnt out because their personalities are a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. So it's better in small doses, I I think. Okay. So maybe, yeah, I would try doing like two episodes a day or something. Like don't sit down and try to watch like five in a row. <laughs> yeah. Um, but right. I love it. A lot of people love it. Like I said, it's it's some of the best writing, I think, is like the shining star of the show, the writing. Mm-hmm. And just it's it's nothing that you would ever be like none of these situations, obviously, are anything that we would ever be a part of because it's just like the elite billionaires of the world. Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny to wa- kind of watch them flounder and then like be kind of on the edge of your seat being like, what's going to happen with this $20 billion company? And it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I like it. But anyways, season four premiered on Sunday and the episode was great. Like, honestly, there's ne- there hasn't been a week where I've watched it and I've been like, that wasn't great. Like they're yeah. all good. <laughs> so Yay. yeah, I'm excited for you to catch up. Yeah. I mean, I've liked what I've watched of it. Um, I like the characters a lot or like I like uh, I'm intrigued by like what their story arcs are going to be. Mm-hmm. I took a which member of the Roy family are you quiz online. What'd you get? <laughs> and I got Roman who's uh, Kieran Culkin. And I was uh-huh. like, well, I hope I'm not as big of a perv, but maybe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah. I love him. Like mm-hmm. throughout the show, you'll like grow. Like like I said, at first you're like, oh, these people are terrible. And then you kind of like, oh, my weird little freaks. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, I already like him. <laughs> 
I remember he was I remember like when I first like became conscious of it he was like the first I guess he was like my entry point into it like I found out that he was in it first and that's when I became like interested in watching it Mm -hmm. because I haven't seen him in a while like he hasn't really done a whole lot since his childhood so those Culkins man yeah (laughs) they're everywhere and then they like disappear for a few years and then they come back and then they, they come back and they're like fully grown adults <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was yeah. watching a clip of him i think on jimmy fallon the other day and he was like talking about how he gets mistaken for rory yeah all the I saw time that. yeah it was just he's funny yeah they look so much alike specifically they really do like rory. i didn't <laughs> realized that he wasn't the one in signs yeah kieran's the one in father the uh, bride father the bride yeah yeah and one of rory our is the one in home alone right I he's like Kieran a little is, little kid kieran's in home alone okay yeah they look so much alike <laughs> yeah um but then I also, I think I had a Mandela effect because I could have sworn a Culkin was in Full House. Do you know what I'm talking about? As like one of Michelle's friends. No, that was the kid from Kindergarten Cop. Okay, so I went back and I was like, no, I swear that's him. And then I found him and I was like, he's not a Culkin, but he does yeah. look like one. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he was one of those like kid actors that I feel like was always... Just like a mischievous kid and everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone else thought there was a Culkin in Full House. um, (laughs) Oh, no. I know who you're talking about. It's a different kid than I was thinking of. The kid that sings the duet. Yeah. The kid from, um, he was in the, with Alfalfa. Oh, uh, The Little Rascals. Rascals. Yeah. He was in that. That's so funny. I thought he was a Culkin too. Yeah, no, he's not. And and there was even an article that was like, everyone thinks this kid is a Culkin, but he's not. <laughs> they sang Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Yeah, they sang Elton John. <laughs> he was very good. Like, I feel like he could have been in like musical theater for sure. He probably was. <laughs> He was like a professional. I feel like that was like his shtick in Little Rascals too. It was like he was like the rich kid who was like very proper. Yeah. He was the Roman Roy. (laughs) But not a Culkin. But not a Culkin. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's hilarious. Anyways, everybody go watch Succession. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Hopefully I can catch up by the end of the season and then we can do like a full recap. And let us know your favorite Culkin. It doesn't have to be Macaulay. <laughs> There's a let lot more. Let us know your more. favorite Culkin and your favorite Roy. <laughs> yeah. The, the two um, royal families. <laughs> um, all right. You want to chat about Daisy Jones? I haven't watched it. Okay, so I watched, that's what I spent most of my time this weekend doing when I was chilling by myself. Um, I was catching up on Daisy Jones and the Six, which was, if you remember, our first episode, it was on my list of like things I'm looking forward to this year. She was um, excited. She was excited. Is so it I living won't, up? I won't tell, I won't say any spoilers, but do you care if I just like talk about my thoughts on it? Yeah. No, okay. go for it. So I, okay, so it took me a few episodes to kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. They dropped the first three episodes like at the same time 
um, for the premiere. Mm-hmm. And I watched those and I was kind of just like, I'm not sold on this. Like, I'm not really loving this. Mm-hmm. And um, but the deeper I got into the show, the more I started like enjoying it. And um, I should say, like, I'm not one of those people who um, I feel like when I'm watching like an adaptation of a book, my complaint is like never going to be like, oh, it's not like true to the book or like it mm-hmm. didn't do this right or they changed this or whatever. Like, that's never my complaint. Yeah. Like, I just view them as two separate entities. Mm-hmm. and like um enjoy them for what they are right um it, as long as they're good obviously but um but I do think that when it's based off a book they they do at on some level have to cultivate the feel yeah of like the world that the yeah book you want to yeah you want to capture that because like yeah like when you're reading a book and you're like imagining things in your head like you want to see that represented mm-hmm. on screen or whatever um but yeah so with this one, though, I feel like maybe it was because I did like the book so much mm-hmm. that I was just like, something just felt off with the show. And I think one of the biggest things was the casting of Billy, who is like the main guy. Um, he's played by Sam Claflin in the show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was like, not good casting, unfortunately. Um, okay, so I haven't watched it, but I have been like a little freak on Twitter and reading people's like thoughts and I've heard that one of the main complaints was they feel like the two leads don't have chemistry with each other yeah and they're supposed to and that kind of sucks like I was trying to think of like who I would have cast instead of him and I couldn't really come up with anyone because I was like having a hard time remembering like how I pictured him while I was reading it is he supposed are they supposed to be like Fleetwood Mac yeah and They're he's supposed to be based on Fleetwood Mac, the Lindsay Fleetwood Buckingham. Or Fle- no, he's oh, Lindsay Buckingham. He's Lindsay Buckingham. So who would you cast as Lindsay Buckingham in a movie? I don't know. I was trying to think of like anyone. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of thinking maybe like an Aaron Taylor Johnson, but he might be a little too good looking. You know, like you, you want someone who's a little more rugged, mm. but still like hot and like you believe that they could be well, like who's this. a rugged Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> we already know oh, yeah Jeremy <laughs> Allen White, White. <laughs> I don't know if he's right for it either no. what about uh, like I, Ken Badgley he's too skinny <laughs> okay is the guy supposed to be tall and like built no he's just supposed to be kind of like an artist like he's very kind of like internal and he's like an artist type like he's the songwriter and Mm -hmm. um he's kind of an asshole and but you're at the same time like he is an asshole but at the same time like you're as the reader and as the viewer like you're supposed to be falling in love with him too I feel like Mm -hmm. and like Sam Claflin just wasn't selling me on that first of all I think he looks a little too old Mm um and but like in I don't know. Like, I had no attraction toward him in the show, but like in real life, I do think he's attractive. Like the real Sam. He's from the Hunger Games, right? Yeah, he's from the Hunger Games, and also that. So he is kind of older. How old are they supposed to be? Like early twenties. I would say like maybe late twenties, early thirties. He's like Mm. in his late thirties, I think. I'm looking at pictures of Lindsay Buckingham, and I'm like, who? Should like this um, man. But yeah, so he does kind of look like Aaron Taylor Johnson. 
If you yeah, gave him like does. a beard and a big lots of curly hair. Yeah, he kind of has like big pretty eyes, but I don't know. But anyways, um and then with the with the Daisy casting, um I had less complaints about that but at the same time I just feel like it wasn't quite right mm-hmm. like aesthetically I think she looked good but um I do remember when I was reading the book the person I kept picturing was like a younger Natasha Leone mm. because she's supposed to have like really big like red hair mm-hmm. and and I feel like that kind of like sharp edge that Natasha Leone was what that Natasha Leone Leon has mm-hmm. was what Riley Keough was missing, kind mm-hmm. of. Like, I was thinking young Natasha Leone with, like, a dash of manic pixie dream girl oh, is okay. kind of, like, the vibe. <laughs> I'm bad I don't at think... casting. I try to play the casting game all the time, and I can't I know, I'm bad at it too. <laughs> And I get, I don't think that Riley Keough did, like, a bad job, but I feel like she didn't have, she was missing an element of, like, kind of dirty, like, sexy, like, um, erratic kind of vibe which is what Daisy Jones is supposed to be and she was always she was also always like very um like available like she was just always around like I imagine her being kind of like flighty and busy and like never no one can ever find her like when they need her and stuff like that so I don't know the show just didn't do a good job I feel like of capturing the character exactly how she was in the book I guess I kind of think now after hearing people's thoughts on the show I might just not watch the show and just read the book at some point yeah I I did you finish the whole series yeah I finished it and so like I said like the deeper I got into it I really did like start enjoying it more um it was just like it's just like I would be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed because I feel like it really had the potential to be like a great show Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like a letdown a little bit darn but there were definitely some elements that I like really enjoyed about it like I liked watching like the concert set pieces and like all of that kind of stuff um the music was good um but that was yet another complaint I had was um so the first song that they record together there's there's supposed to be like this big moment and it's supposed to be like, this is the greatest song you've ever heard. Like, this is for sure going to be a hit. Like, that kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And the first time that they sang the song together, I was like, is this even a good song? And then I heard it later on the, in the show and I was like, oh, no, yeah, like this song slaps. But I'm like, why didn't that initial moment sell it for me? Like, that's the right. moment I'm supposed to be sold on it. It's supposed to be like a flash of magic. Yeah. And so like, I was like, why did this song have to grow on me? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's supposed to like immediately be like, oh, this is a great song. So yeah, just kind of stuff like that, where I'm just like, you kind of just didn't land the plane on um, these, these moments that like make the story. Mm-hmm. Basically, totally. But- I think one week we should do for our assignments like but like good movies that are based off of book adaptations yeah Yeah. that could be a good theme that's a good one yeah just write Um, these down these ideas i know for later i am glad though that it was a show and not a movie Mm -hmm. because i feel like with these tales of like rise and falls like of you know fame and stuff like Mm -hmm. that you really do need that like time to breathe like I appreciated that we had like entire episodes dedicated to like coming up with a song or like recording different songs on the album and like stuff like that so 
mm-hmm. I did appreciate that about it. Well, good. I'm glad you liked something about it. But yeah. it is always kind of a little <laughs> bit of a letdown when you get really excited about something and then it's kind of like, bleh. I know. And I like literally, it, it was just like, the whole Billy thing about it was like I literally have had crushes on everyone in the band except Billy. <laughs> I was like, that's Billy, not how it's suck. supposed to be. <laughs> I am a Graham slash Warren girly. <laughs> I saw somebody post pictures of because I guess that actor Sam Claflin got veneers on his teeth or something, really? and um, they were just like showing pictures of him. They're like, "This man did not grow up in the seventies with these." Teeth. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and now that you mention it, I feel like he did have fucked up teeth when I, he was in Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it doesn't. I don't know. Uh, and then they showed a picture of like Riley Keough, and they were like, "This girl has definitely seen an iPhone." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Just sometimes though, it's people just like, don't fit in the era they're trying to play. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what it was, especially with Sam Claflin. I was like, I don't buy that he's in the seventies. The other band members, though, I was like, yeah, like y'all look legit. The drum player, especially, mm-hmm. um, and then. Sorry, one more complaint I had was <laughs> <laughs> so they the book takes place fully like in interview in like the nineties. Mm-hmm. And so they're like telling stories of back when they were at their height. Um and every time that they cut to like the interview portion, I was just kind of like, everyone looks really weird. Like there were some really bad wigs. And it also gave off the vibe, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I kind of got the feeling that they like filmed all of the interview portions first because everyone seemed like a little bit uncomfortable for whatever reason. Mm. And like they weren't fully comfortable with their characters yet because that was the first thing they did. Yeah. And everyone's performance, like in the 70s portions, were like a lot better, I felt like. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It just would be interesting to find out if you're right about that. Yeah, I could look it up. I don't know. She has but an inkling. I have an inkling. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've watched some interviews, though, with the cast afterwards, and I'm just like, okay, all of these people are so hot. <laughs> like, everyone is so good looking. Um, but in the show, it was just Graham and Warren for me. <laughs> <laughs> Graham and Warren. Oh, and Check Karen. And Camilla. <laughs> Camilla Marone is like the most beautiful person ever. Um, do you know who that is? Is she in Riverdale? No. Oh. Um, she dated Leo DiCaprio and she's like very young. Oh. <laughs> I need to look I think her she, up. I don't know I mean, if she's done a whole lot of acting. <laughs> I know. But she was like, I thought she was like perfect casting and I love her character. Her character's name is also Camilla, and um, she's, like, one of my favorite characters. Her and Karen and Graham are my favorites. <laughs> Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Shout out. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, overall, I did enjoy it. Just a little, you know, a little echo of disappointment. <laughs> Just some suggestions for next time. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the things that I've seen people say yeah, about I feel it like are the same. Your thoughts are kind of the general consensus I've seen. I've also mm-hmm. seen people say they were obsessed with it, but maybe yeah. that's people that didn't read the didn't book. Didn't read it. That's yeah. what I was thinking too, because it is like it is one of those shows that I imagined like if I hadn't read the book, like I probably would have liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, 
it was good. <laughs> that is Daisy Jones and the Six on Hulu. <laughs> It's on Hulu, right? It's on Prime. It's on the Prime video. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sound like a DJ. And that was Daisy Jones. <laughs> All right. Next up. I sound like, um, have you listened to the Weekends album with Jim Carrey? No. So on his last album, it's like supposed to be a radio show and every song oh, yeah, is yeah. getting introduced and Jim Carrey is the DJ and he's like, now sit back, relax and blah, blah, blah. like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I That's how like. we should do our podcast. <laughs> yeah. From now on, I'll just use that voice. <laughs> um, all right. So Love is Blind season four dropped the first few episodes and of Yay! course we were all over that love that I know, show I love how I never like know I never even know that there's they gonna don't be a new advertise <laughs> it they really don't I mean, like it'll literally be like somebody on Twitter's like love is blind is out and everybody goes to Netflix <laughs> it's like a little treat <laughs> I think it's one of the only things I still have Netflix like I don't really watch that much on Netflix anymore I feel like I don't either except for love is blind and those realities too stupid shows but <laughs> so yeah the first three or four episodes are out um I think it's five five I watched them all I don't know how many it was <laughs> we ate it uh, up <laughs> we ate them up um so new group of folks I found out they're from Seattle because I googled it I don't mm -hmm. think they mentioned that in the show yet um but I like knowing what city they're all from um and yeah thoughts on the new cast members standouts so I actually kind of really like – I feel like the season is good so far. Yeah. Um, so a, a standout as far as who I hate is Irina. <laughs> yeah, she's a bitch. Um, Her and Zach are both just like really weird. Zach is very weird. And <laughs> I didn't – Very weird. I couldn't tell he was that weird until they met in person. I was like, why are you yeah. weird? Something Not that being weird is bad, but he's just very yeah. awkward. Something about just like the blankness in his eyes <laughs> kind of like clued me into his weirdness. But yeah, like once they met, I was like, okay, you're like fully okay. this person. <laughs> you cannot hold a conversation. Um, but it was kind of strange how she just gunned for him so hard. Yeah. And then when they met, she was like, nope. She, like, ruined this other girl's, like, chances with him. Right, basically. and it was kind of more like a competition, a competitive mm -hmm. thing than actually liking the dude. Yeah. Um, uh, she just gives me bad vibes all around. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to be so bad at this because I can't remember anybody's name, but I really like the guy who works at Nike. Yes, Brett and Tiffany, and Tiffany. are top tier. Yeah, they're the only ones where I'm like, I feel like they'll work out i know i really hope so yeah he's he seems awesome so does yeah. she yeah they both do and i love when she there was a part where he was talking to her and being like all deep and she like fell asleep yeah <laughs> i was like that literally would happen to me <laughs> yeah like i'm not gonna Basically. lie if i'd been drinking and i was laying down and we'd been in there for hours like yeah. i would have fallen asleep too they seem okay so they've shown a lot more like in the pods in this season, like a lot more kind of behind the scenes, like dynamics between the guys and the girls mm -hmm. in the pods. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like we got like more than two full episodes of just that. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like they're all really tired all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, 
Like imagine just talking to someone on the phone, but mm-hmm. that being like eight hours a day. I hate talking to people. I on the hate phone. doing that, and it does. It really drains you. Yeah, mentally and for some reason physically, I always feel tired after I have like long conversations over technology or just like not being able to see somebody, even on Facetime sometimes. But yeah, um, even on this podcast, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to take a nap after this. I am drained. But Um, yeah, I understand that. I think I would be and also feeling like you have to put your best foot forward. Yeah. Because you know, when you're on a work call or you're on a date or you're just trying to not not necessarily be fake, but just project a version of yourself that you want to project in that in in that scenario. It's kind of like it's kind of like exhausting. After a while. And yeah, you also like want to keep the other person like engaged and stuff. And mm-hmm. like that in itself is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really like Brett and Tiffany. I feel like they're going to last. I feel like the first couple to get engaged like usually does. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Well, like, there was the first season it was Cameron and Brittany. I forgot her name. Cameron and Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. They're still together. They're still together. Second season. It what did, I don't think anybody from the second season stayed together. Did they? Probably not. The Chicago people? No. <laughs> um, and then third season, it was uh, what's your face and what's his name? I can't remember any of their names. His <laughs> name was remember. Brent Brennan. Brennan and Alexa. And Alexa. Yeah. Um, and they are together. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they'll work. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. Because, and he- well, here's the thing: he's 35, she's 36. Like. I feel like everybody on that show needs to be in their 30s. Right. They've like been through or the ringer of like yeah. dating and they're just like really wanting to settle down and right. like make a connection in And a they're way. willing to put in the work to make it work, not just yeah. like give up when like one thing goes wrong. Yeah. And he has like an actual cool job like working at Nike and designing shoes. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. like seeing when people have like – cool jobs and it's not like they're trying to make a odd job sound better than it is right right um who else well okay so i think kwame is the um who was the guy last season that kind of flirted with the other girl in the pool oh my gosh i can't remember (laughs) and then we all felt bad for him at the end of the season Oh, uh, uh, Cole. Cole. Okay, Kwame yeah. is the Cole of this season. Yeah. I feel. I don't think he likes his fiance. I know. And she likes him so she much. She likes him so much. But here's the thing. You always, you never want to be the person that, when you're a woman, you never want to be the person that likes your partner more. Yeah. Like, that just never works out. She's she's doing a little too much. Um. And um, it it felt I like don't know. he proposed out of like, okay, I guess you're my only option. Well, because didn't he actually almost propose to Micah and then she he was did? Like, no. Well, he was just like, let's end it now, and I'll propose early. And she was like, no. <laughs> yeah, she was like, <laughs> I like Paul, <laughs> and she doesn't really seem to like Paul anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess love isn't blind because all these people once they see their match are like no I know oh my gosh so okay so I 
I feel like I didn't like Chelsea at first. Like I felt like she was not going to be my type of gal. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of like the way she talks is like very she was short very and like intense. Yeah, she's like very intense, and she but I was very kind of serious like too. Like when they were talking, she'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like she'd be mm-hmm. like very over the top, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." But yeah, I do I like her. I think I don't think she deserves to be treated like I think she's gonna get treated, right? <laughs> but um, she, yeah, she just really likes him. She's a horny queen. <laughs> Hey, we stand a horny queen. <laughs> we, we stand. <laughs> oh and, my gosh, uh, there was one scene with Tiffany and what's his face? Brett, mm-hmm. where they were like making out on the bed, and I was like, holy crap. Oh, I would they did, be they did a close-up on her ass. Like, I know basically I was, of her asshole. I was screaming. <laughs> I was like, I would be suing Netflix. <laughs> it was like, my lawyer would be on speed dial at this crazy. point i do i no 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 no, I, no it was funny because that was like i had been like i was looking at my phone and when i looked up like that's the shot that was on the screen and then it went away and i had to like rewind i was like was that what i thought it was, it was like it a was a lot it was her full ass and they have like very hd cameras <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have been like, not saying oh, she didn't no, look no, great, no. but I'm just no, like, yeah. no, like when me and Neek saw that, we were literally, uh, our mouths were aghast. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh my God. I would be suing. I would be yeah. making bang. I mean, I don't think anyone is necessarily like, I need the entirety of the world. It to was see, highly like, unnecessary. I was just like, why? <laughs> Why are they including this portion of the night? Yeah. She did look great, though. She looked great, but highly unnecessary, (laughs) highly invasive. I was like, they were like an inch away from showing her a butt crack. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany, let us know how you felt once you watched that back. Oh, my God. Kind of on that note, like. Every season when I watch this, I feel like in the pods when they're doing their like interviews, like in the hallway or whatever, mm-hmm. the lighting is just, I don't know if it's the lighting or like the cameras, but it's like very unforgiving. And I'm like, I could never like everyone's even if they have like great skin, it like their skin looks like I could see every pore and like the cakiness of their makeup. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's I how I not feel be when you watch this way. Um, <laughs> When you watch Housewives and in their confessionals, they have like the perfect ring light and the perfect like yeah. pose and like they Kardashians just look, too. Yeah, yeah, they just look so perfect. And then when you get to the reunion, like because everyone's in one room and they can't like have a light directly in front of everyone's face, it's kind of more yeah. like stage lighting and you can <laughs> see how old everybody is. It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I could never. Y'all are going to troll me. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, this season is, is it's it's looking pretty good. I'm, yeah. I'm interested. I'm intrigued, as I always am. I always love, like, the pool party when they meet. Well, the my favorite people. parts are, like, yeah, my favorite parts are, like, the reveals, obviously, uh-huh. like, after they get engaged. And then it's, like, the pool party when they get to see, like, everyone else that they've dated. Uh-huh. And I'm just, like, that's where all the drama kind of, all the shit hits the fan, basically. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
for sure. Yeah. Well, let us know if you will obviously recap when the rest of the season drops and who your faves are, who your least faves are. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know if you saw <laughs> Tiffany's butt. Because <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> we were shook. Okay. Um, all right. Want to dive into watching uh, let's do it. Is that our? <laughs> should that be the theme song? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, our assignments were we took a look at each other's watch lists on Letterboxd. If you don't know, Letterboxd is a social media platform where you can log and review and rate all the movies you watched. Another cool feature is you can create a watch list of movies that you want to watch. So when you're trying to think of something to watch, you can look at it and be like, these are things I told myself I wanted to watch and go there. So we took a look at each other's watch lists and we assigned a movie to each other. Okay. Rachel. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for Taxi Driver in Deep Water. Um, okay. Let's, should I go first? Yeah. Okay. So Rachel Elizabeth assigned me Taxi Driver. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel assigned me taxi rifle. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I'm like slap happy. Okay. So Taxi Driver is a 1976 film directed by none other than Martin Scorsese, who I say is one of my favorite directors which is true but i honestly haven't seen probably he has so many movies yeah, like he's he very so prolific um but yeah, i can honestly also one of my faves yeah i can honestly say i don't think i've ever watched one of his films where i was like i hated that <laughs> like i've yeah. liked everything i've watched by him so i'll just read the letterboxed um Summary. Taxi Driver is 1976, Martin Scorsese. On every street in every city, there's a nobody who dreams of being a somebody. Mentally unstable Vietnam War veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City where the perceived decadence and sleaze feed his urge for violent action. I don't know if that first tagline, if that was a tagline, I don't know if that really encapsulates really what's going on in this movie. But, um... Basically, film opens with Robert De Niro, very young. Hot. I think I read he was 31. He is very attractive. Um, he wants to be a taxi driver. <laughs> and he goes and gets a job as a taxi driver. And then basically, basically from him driving around the town, like picking up all these people, he just starts becoming frustrated with life and the way people are. And things that are happening around him. And he starts having... He's very isolated in his life. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have a family. He's very kind of a quiet, kind of almost awkward type of person who doesn't connect with people very easily. Um, and he... His mental state be begins declining. And he basically just become turns violent and wants to do something it's kind of unclear in the movie exactly what his what he 
what his motivation is, what he wants to accomplish. Um, but you can just tell that he's angry and it's kind of the tension builds throughout the movie of, so, you mm-hmm. know, something's going to happen. You just don't really know what it is or what he's aiming to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I like, obviously don't have to tell you that I love this movie. <laughs> good. <laughs> it was so good. Marty has done it again. I was um, going to be like, if you don't like this one. <laughs> girl, no, I love this movie. It did. I watched um, King of Comedy last year, which mm-hmm. is another Martin Scorsese movie. And it kind of gave me similar vibes. Like this, yeah. the stylization is very different, but the character is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, that Robert De Niro plays. Oh, okay. So something about this movie that is really... Um, special is the camera work and the lighting and kind of the mood he sets with the jazz music. Mm -hmm. There's like smooth jazz playing under this whole movie, but then in the more um, tense parts, there's this like loud drum that comes in and it makes Mm -hmm. you feel very ajar. I don't know how to describe it, but the sound work (laughs) is really good on the movie. I mean, it's set... I mean, it was made in 76, so obviously everything looked way cooler than it does now. Yeah. The taxis look like, cool. Yeah. There's neon like giving, lights like, everywhere. Neon lights. Yeah. It's giving like grimy New York with the neon lights reflecting off the street. And, right. Like, the rain. Yeah. The, the rain. The smoke coming up from the manholes. Like the everything. trash. <laughs> yeah. Like you can like smell the movie basically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But one of my notes was like, bring back neon signs companies. Yeah. Like for real. It just, it made everything look so cool and alive and like like the city was alive basically mm-hmm. um taxis used to look cool um, <laughs> oh it's completely unhinged that people used to go into a theater to watch porn yeah <laughs> i know um, that really shook me not that i i guess i'd never really thought of i knew those like theaters existed back in the day but i never really thought about what it meant to like go buy a ticket get your popcorn and go sit in a room with like five other people and like (laughs) that's just weird and gross jerk off (laughs) (laughs) yeah like no thank you it sounds Um, like the least the place i would want to go least in my lifetime (laughs) then i said not raymond's dad um because everybody loves raymond's dad yeah what's Um, his name peter frank uh, I don't know his real name. Oh, I can look. Boyle. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle, King, legend. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, oh, there's one part where he's like, basically in the whole movie, he's like writing in a journal or this is just his inner monologue um, in the voiceover. And there's one part where he decides to get like ripped. <laughs> And he's like, sitting for too long has ruined my body. And I'm like, mood. Same. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I said, no one does creepy like De Niro. I feel like this is his like bread and butter. Like what he does the best. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's one of those actors. And I think this is a very difficult skill to like carry a whole movie just based on your character's like lack of awareness or like Mm -hmm. you can just see his like like I said mental state declining and it's not anything he says it's not anything in the script it's just like you can see it happening and like really he is like the main character it's without him there's no movie basically yeah and like his 
his outward presentation like to the world is like you would look at him and think he's just like a shy like internal like wallflower type of person and so that's like how he's acting like that's what he's putting forward but then to be able to kind of convey like you said the decline in his like mental state without really doing anything outwardly Mm -hmm. is like yeah, it's very intriguing and like I, I would imagine tough to pull off. <laughs> and then in twenty twenty three we have a word for people like this incel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And then I said this movie hits different in 2023 than I'm sure it did in 1976 because it really kind of was like watching a mass shooter like go about their day in the months leading up to like the event, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that was a phenomenon that happened. Obviously, I know it happened, but it wasn't such a like a common occurrence in America at that time. And it's kind of interesting the foresight to like make a whole movie about this type of person existing Mm -hmm. and like how they go from one state of being to another Mm -hmm. and just like the the circumstances surrounding what causes that mental breakdown basically right yeah and then there's the whole like Sybil Shepard subplot Mm -hmm. with the politician yeah so basically um he try he sees this woman that works in like an election office for um a politician that's running for president and he kind of like stalks her through the window for a few days and like becomes obsessed with her and then he asks her out on a date and she's kind of intrigued by him because he's just kind of like very forward I guess and she's not used Mm -hmm. to that and so they date or they go on a date and then he takes her on another day and he takes her to the porn theater yeah (laughs) which I'm like just another another piece of evidence of how like not connected to like reality yeah human interaction or like you know right he uh, he genuinely didn't understand why she wouldn't like want to sit there and watch porno in a theater (laughs) on their second date um so that was <laughs> so fun gross. and then um Jodie Foster little yeah. baby Jodie Foster She's so little. is 12 years old playing a prostitute not a prostitute I should say a child sex trafficked sex person <laughs> um sex person <laughs> And um, she's great. She's phenomenal. Um, yeah. I was like, ooh, kind of cringe. I don't really know how they directed her in this role. It's not like she did anything mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. It was just like the scenarios that she was in. I was just like, ooh, that probably wouldn't fly. They would probably have to get like a 21-year-old actress to play yeah. like a 12-year-old and today. But um, she was really, really good. Um, and then at the end... So basically he goes through, basically the girl like obviously breaks up with him because she didn't want to watch a porn. And then he gets really angry, like an incel. And he like calls her a million times and sends her flowers every day and becomes like stalker vibes. And then he's basically plotting to take out an assassination on the political candidate that she's working for, basically just to get back at her. He doesn't care one way or another about the Mm -hmm. guy. Um, Or just to get her attention. Just to get her attention, something. Yeah. Um, And then so he's preparing for that. And then when he's about to do it, that plan is foiled because the security... He had spoken to his secret service earlier and they kind of like had their eye on him basically. And then he saw him like reaching in his jacket and was like, get that guy. And then 
That was when he had a mohawk. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which also I thought was funny because I thought there would be more exposition around the mohawk. I was like, when is he going to yeah. have the mohawk? When is he going to have the mohawk? And then he just like shows up with it. It doesn't really show it, it or explain it. So yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, and then so he's running away and basically he takes all that violent energy that he has and goes and tries to like save Jodie Foster's character from her pimp. Um, and he kills a bunch of people in the whorehouse and um, basically is lauded as like a hero for like freeing yeah. this 12 year old girl from sex slavery. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a funny twist. Not really what I saw coming. Um, but also at the end, to me, it wasn't clear if that was reality or just what he would hope it's like would fantasy. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So basically it shows this room like where she is and he's like killed these guys and he's wounded and the cops come in and then like the camera perspective shifts, which I thought was really cool to like that above, above that above yeah. the room perspective. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I that feel like was, the first time I saw it, I was like, I have it like ingrained in my brain. <laughs> yeah, that was such a cool shot. Good job, Marty. Um <laughs> So it kind of like goes above. So you're kind of like, okay, did he die? Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to like later, like the girl's parents are like writing him a letter. But this is another thing. The actor's reading it in such a weird way. Like it's almost like a robot's reading it. It's like, thank Uh you for saving our daughter. It's not like (laughs) a human being reading it. Or, like, yeah. saying these things. Yeah. Um, and it has all these newspaper articles of him, like, being a hero. A hero saves 12-year-old girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to him back at his taxi and Sybil Shepard gets in his taxi. And he's, like, taking her to somewhere. But she's, like, talking to him. She's, like, basically, I was wrong about you. You're a hero. Like, all this stuff. But you're only seeing mm-hmm. her in the rearview mirror of his taxi. Right. So it kind and she kind of is like lit in this weird way and like her hair is flowing in like a very like purposeful way. So you're kind of like, is this real? Is Mm -hmm. this fantasy? So in my perspective, what happened was he died in the room and this is everything that happens after was kind of what he hopes will have would happen in the future. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like that was my takeaway too and then the very last scene is like him driving away from her in the taxi and then he like kind of looks like back like he's like paranoid again so Mm -hmm. you're like oh he's not like cured of his psychosis he's not well well. (laughs) but that was the end and I just thought it was so cool like yeah I love the kind of open to interpretation endings I love that shit yeah (laughs) Um, yeah I feel like that's probably what that line in the synopsis meant when it's like whatever there's always a somebody dreaming or there's always a nobody dreaming of being a somebody it's like that thing you always hear about you know these awful people that like perpetrate these acts mm -hmm. they're just they just want like notoriety they just Mm -hmm. want to be seen because they live in such an isolated world that they that's a good point I guess maybe that that's a really good point about about these people that do these things but I don't know if I got that from his character that that was his motivation to yeah to be seen or to be noticed like I think more so I just 
thought he was not well. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I did I, see a lot of reviews where people were like, I love Travis. Like, I relate to Travis. And I was like, <laughs> no. No, not, not to that extent. <laughs> like, um, I kind of understand where he could be, I guess, a little sympathetic in some yeah. sense. But at the end of the day, I'm like, no, this is toxic masculinity. Yeah, it's a toxic yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think... I feel like I, I haven't watched this in a while, but if I, like what I'm remembering is like I feel like maybe his motivation came from interacting with all these people that he was like driving in his taxis and just like kind of the buildup of the despair or like the mm-hmm. kind of um, what's the word like the destitution, the griminess, the griminess, the griminess of like human, like yeah, just the, and he just you he needs to focus that energy towards something like he's taking in all of this stuff and he's like I have to do something with this or like I need to get back at these people who deserve nothing but the worst or whatever you can only imagine I mean even back then like picking like when you're a taxi driver the types of people you pick up and it's just like yeah it shows him picking up like a guy with a sex worker it shows him picking up like a politician it shows him picking up he picks up Martin Scorsese he picks up Martin Scorsese (laughs) he he picks up a guy that literally he takes him to an apartment and the guy's like yeah I'm gonna go in there and murder this woman and there's a lot of racist undertones in the movie too yeah, um, that was the Martin Scorsese part, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah, but, um, when he was talking about, yeah, I think it was the one where he's talking about going and murdering like his wife or the woman in there. He calls her the N-word. It made me yeah. But um, like that's what it, he's surprising. feeding off of all of that, basically. Yeah. He's taking it all in and letting it fester and then is gonna explode. and when he goes home he has nowhere to put it like there's no one there yeah. to like there's a really good a scene where he's like he gets a gun and um he's just like messing with it and he's watching tv and his tv is like set on a a crate and he's just like pushing it with his foot and like the tension the music tension builds and then like all like eventually like the tv like topples over and it's like him teetering on the edge of like being mentally unstable basically right Um, falling off a cliff yeah stability (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean i enjoyed it it's it's very it was very good i liked it yeah did you how does it compare to king of comedy in your rankings king of comedy let me see I don't remember what I gave King of Comedy. I remember I saw I feel like I saw Taxi Driver like a long time before I saw King of Comedy and I I guess just because of the order I saw them in I was like, "Oh, Taxi Driver's way better." But I need to rewatch King of Comedy, I think. So, I think I gave King of Comedy four and a half and I gave Taxi Driver four. There could be an argument for me giving Taxi Driver four and a half because of the camera work, the lighting, all the other stuff. But I really, really enjoyed Robert De Niro's performance in King and Comedy because it was a little more subtle, I feel like. And it it wove comedy into it mm-hmm. to where there were parts where you were like LOLing, but it was because he was so unhinged. It wasn't because he was yeah. like a funny person. It was just because he was yeah. so unhinged and his interactions with... I. And forgive me, I forgot who played the television host. Um, we're just like so un- I don't know. I yeah. and I I saw a review of 
taxi driver that was like the joker just took this and copy and pasted it and i was like no, no they, they took, took king, of, king comedy of comedy and copy and pasted that <laughs> they literally copy and pasted it like robert de niro is in it <laughs> yeah but honestly like these two movies taxi driver king and comedy they are very they are like very parallel to me yeah like it's a similar vibe that's it's a why similar I asked story you because i was like i was like they're so similar like maybe it just really is like the order in which you see them right. that is like oh i saw this first so like i prefer it but like yeah i don't know it's just very interesting the narrative too of king of comedy was a little more linear i feel like where this kind of like wavered on like really what was going on you weren't really sure and i think that was purposeful mm-hmm. but for me i'm just kind of i guess a basic bitch and i like a <laughs> I like a narrative, like, beginning, middle, end. But, um, yeah, no, I love both of them. I love mm-hmm. you, Marty. I know. I remember when I saw Joker, I was, like, shook. I was, like, wait a damn minute. No, it Because I didn't know that's what it was. I didn't either. I was, well. No, I knew it was, like, before I saw it, I didn't know that it was, like, literally the king of comedy. But since I had seen the king of comedy before I saw Joker, I was, like, oh, this is, like, legit, like, literally it's copy the same paste. Movie. <laughs> um, so, and I saw him. In the opposite order, I saw Joker first and then I watched King of Comedy and I didn't realize that that's what it was. And when I started watching King of Comedy, I was like, this is literally the same movie. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I was, I guess I was just shocked that I hadn't like heard more chatter about that because I was like, it's almost like they didn't want to talk about it. Maybe they didn't have like legal rights to talk about it. But then I'm like, (laughs) how, how did you make this movie if you didn't have permission? Because it literally is the same movie. Right. Um. <laughs> so funny. But yay, I'm glad you liked it. Yay. I knew you would. I was just like, when I saw it on your list, I was like, well, let's just knock this one off right away. Okay, my turn. Go for it. So I watched Deep Water from, um, was it 2022? It's an Adrian Lyon erotic thriller. And um, I keep telling myself I don't need to get so granular with the recap, so I'm not going to do it this time. <laughs> um, they need I to be getting... somewhere in the middle of your like play-by-play and my, like, I'm not even going to tell you about the plot. I'm just going to tell you my thoughts. <laughs> Literally every week I tell myself, I'm like, don't get into the weeds. And then I get sucked into the weeds somehow. But okay, I'm just going to give a broad overview. So this movie stars Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas as the main like couple um it also has tracy letts lil Rel howry and um jacob Alordi. finn wittrock jacob Alordi. <laughs> i didn't know he was in this Hell yeah. the piano um, <laughs> so it's basically this couple um ben affleck and anna de armas uh they have like a young daughter and they're very clearly like the type of couple who like goes out a lot they have a lot of friends they go out like drinking and have at parties and stuff like that and Ana de Armas is like not a faithful wife basically like she has a lot of uh men on the side Mm -hmm. and she's very kind of like not she doesn't really hide it from her husband like she's kind of like puts it in his face like Like it's one of those dynamics in an open relationship without his consent (laughs) right basically (laughs) like she's kissing men in front of him and stuff like that um, it, it seems like it's the kind of thing that like turns her on mm-hmm. is kind of the vibe you get. Um, and so they kind of have, uh, seems like a 
tumultuous relationship, like kind of dysfunctional and maybe a little toxic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, when the movie starts, we hear about this man that she had been having an affair with who is missing. Um, And then later on, we find out he's died. And um, everyone is kind of like, did her husband do it? Like he makes a joke that he did do it, but everyone's like, oh, it's just a joke. Like he's just kidding around. And then um, these other men start like coming into her life she finds he finds out about the Jacob Elordi character who is like supposedly giving her piano lessons but he knows that that's not really what's going on and he ends up dick lessons (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so Ben Affleck ends up like drowning him at one of the parties that they're at and um he's like getting away with it he's basically getting away with it because like the people around him like trust him so much but then the tracy letts character is like uh i don't know if he's like new in the group (laughs) or whatever but yeah he's like i am on to you basically like i know what you're doing yeah and um the final man that comes into her life is finn wittrock who fun fact i was in a movie with (laughs) so was i (laughs) we were both in that movie you always forget (laughs) But I was in a small room with him. (laughs) I was in the background of a scene. So, uh, so the last, he's like the last one that comes in and he ends up like taking him into this like remote area in the woods and hitting him with a rock and killing him. And then he goes back to the same spot with his family a few days later and he's like, uh-oh, the body's floating. I have to take care of that. Shit. And then he comes back the next morning yeah, and he's is not like, like trying to... he's not the smartest murderer that ever lived. Yeah, he's not really like covering his tracks very well or anything like that. But he comes back the next morning to like try and hide the body better and then Tracy lets sees him it's and like, is like, I'm, I'm on gonna, to you. I got you now. And he's like <laughs> running away, like trying to text his wife. I was like, why don't you just call her? <laughs> he's like driving so fast in the woods, like trying to text at the same time. And then Ben Affleck is like on his bike and makes him veer off the road. And then he ends up driving off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> The way you're describing it makes it sound ridiculous, but it kind of is. I actually liked it. Okay, good. Okay, good. No, it is a little ridiculous, but I I didn't think it was, like, egregious, like, I don't know. It didn't, to me, it wasn't, like, the kind of movie that I'm like, oh, this is so silly, but I like it. It was, like, actually, like, this is kind of good. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't see why people shit on it so much because it's not, like, it's not, like, committing any crimes or anything. I thought the first half was stronger than the second half what did you think yeah okay. i i really enjoy the the scenes where they're at like parties the way it's shot like that. the the rich new orleans houses are like yeah. beautiful like they're nice to look at Who okay doesn't? so they were in new orleans because yeah. that's what i just assumed yeah. but i couldn't i don't know if we ever got confirmation but yeah their How house is so cool oh my god the snails <laughs> pouring out for my snails. I do not like the snail or I do not like snails but I thought that he was gonna use the snail to like poison one that would have been way better like they should have done that he was like he should have poisoned there should have been a purpose for the snails besides (laughs) that he just really loves snails they're his pets basically aren't they like isn't something in the snail what he created his like computer chip out of or something oh was it I I didn't pick up on that he's really rich because he sold some sort of computer chip or technology that 
they use in um, drones. drones that kill people basically it, it, like yeah it's like a location they like find and kill people yeah. <laughs> but yeah so he's like retired and they're just very wealthy they're bored um, is what they are they're just they're bored, rich and yeah. bored and she gets off on cheating on him and he gets off on killing her lovers <laughs> yeah it's like one of those things and so at the end she does like find out that he's killed the Finn Wittrock character, but she, it seems like she kind of like likes it. Mm -hmm. So she like helps him cover up the evidence or whatever mm -hmm. is the vibe I got. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of ended really a little remember. bit ambiguously. I just but... remember liking the vibes and the sexiness. Yeah, and I like, like the vibe. Anna de Armas is literally one of the most beautiful She's... people on the Gorgeous. planet <laughs> i was like stunned by her beauty and so many parts <laughs> and sometimes you can be beautiful and not be able to play sexy well like she is sexy mm -hmm. like she's very she sexy, can like yeah. turn it on like yeah. yeah i don't know i mean i just i love a little eroticism <laughs> so i'm not gonna complain i could have used more honestly <laughs> <laughs> they should have done full frontal <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I was like, Ben Affleck is not like well, very sexy to me. You saw more of Ben Affleck in Gone Girl. Than in yeah. This <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I need to rewatch Gone Girl. I love that movie. I rewatched it recently, and it's so it good. Um, I fr okay. What did you get? Oh, I I see your rating now. Okay, yeah. So I gave it, um, I gave it three and a half stars, and my rating <laughs> was just when you think all the light has left Ben Affleck's eyes for good, he looks at his snails. <laughs> I love that, and he's happy once again. He really does love the snails. <laughs> I forgot to read mine for Taxi Driver. Um, I gave it four stars and a heart, and I said, finally, some incel representation. <laughs> What you mean, finally? <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Eat the drug. Yeah, so I really liked it. I My number one complaint was I could have, like, it could have been, like, a 90-minute movie instead of, like, a hundred and close to two hours. Yeah. But that probably so would have helped every movie. a lot if they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they leaned it out a bit. But I did like the vibe. I really like, I think my favorite scene was when they were at the the pool party mm -hmm. and they were like making cookies and everyone was like hi mm -hmm. and that's when the jacob lordy character drowned mm -hmm. um yeah i, I like that. that i always like i don't know i love like the feeling of like being in a pool when it's raining mm -hmm. and so like i don't know that just gave me like gives me warm fuzzies <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like i want to be at that party minus the murder <laughs> because you can like very you can they did a really good job of kind of painting the picture of like all these rich people in new orleans you know there's spanish moss all around there's a pool mm -hmm. it's raining somebody gets Weeping murdered willows. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know. It, yeah, it's a very good vibe movie, I feel like. Yeah, the vibes. Um, yeah, if it was like rainy and storming and thundering outside, that would be a good movie to watch. Yeah, totally. And I like the vibe of like, you know, all these people like have kids that they just leave with the babysitters. <laughs> all of them have kids and the kid, like literally his daughter in the movie is like, what the hell are you guys doing? She's, she's like, like a genius. She, she's like three and she's like... Get your shit together. Like, yeah, I did like, I liked like watching him and the daughter mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Um, I felt like they had a good 
connection. And you kind of get the vibe that Anna de Armas's character didn't really want to have kids. And now she has yeah. this daughter who she obviously loves, but is not like very. She's like, you're going to be the one taking care yeah, of Yeah, she's like, I, yeah. this isn't wasn't my idea. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it was overall it was an enjoyable movie. We need more erotic thrillers in the world. Bring back erotic thrillers. <laughs> Make eroticism great again. <laughs> <laughs> what if I got you a hat that said that? Would you wear it? <laughs> yeah. Out in public. <laughs> as long as it wasn't red. <laughs> All right. Okay, so for this week, our assignment, um, we're going to do an April Fool's theme. So basically, (laughs) movies where the lead is somewhat of a doofus. Or a fool <laughs> or an idiot, but it's, they're lovable at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I can go first. Okay, okay so this, <laughs> this when you presented this idea, I was like, hold on a minute. I don't know if I'm going to be able to think of one. Um, but I actually did. I, I thought of this one and then I went on your watch list to make sure or to like see whether or not you had seen it or if it was on there. And it was. So I'm assuming you haven't seen it. Um, so I'm going to give you the Coen Brothers Raising Arizona. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Literally, I was hoping you would give me that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was so like, you actually oh, get- she could assign me this. <laughs> you get two fools in this one. <laughs> I literally uh, have no idea what it's about. I just know people love this movie. Yeah, it's really funny. It's kind of like a screwball-y comedy. It stars Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter. <laughs> Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter is also in succession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, love. we love her voice. <laughs> um, but they're your two fools. And they just really want a baby. And so they figure out a way to get one. (laughs) Perfect, perfect, perfect. And that honestly is the perfect choice because it ties into my choice for you. Because apparently the Coen brothers love a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're going to watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou (gasps) by Joel Coen from 2000. In where George Clooney plays a big old fool. (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> he's got his eye on the prize yay and i might rewatch okay. it too because i haven't seen it in a long time but um so joel cohen is the only credited director on raising arizona too but i feel like it's that's just how they do it maybe like ethan is more of the writer okay maybe it's know. a cohen brothers yeah yeah i read an article because it was like best movies with an idiot about idiots or something and they were like the Cohen okay. brothers love idiots and I was like they do that's so funny I actually saw I was like going around I was driving around and going to like garage sales over the weekend and somebody had like a big box and oh brother where art that was like the dvd on uh-huh. top and I was like I need to watch that sometime <laughs> well, so I saw that on your watch list a while back and I was like oh my gosh she's never seen that I've seen that but I honestly haven't watched it since probably high school but I remember yeah. like didn't like one of the teachers used to show it I think Mr. Flora like loved that movie I think he okay. referenced it a lot but I don't know if I don't know if it's like suitable I don't know um yeah I don't know if we I just remember it in school necessarily to, like, in relation to like one of the teachers we had but I I know it you know what I just it. noticed about Letterboxd they don't have the rating on it what like oh, PG G, PG 13 oh I guess I yeah. mean that doesn't matter to Letterboxd but I was just looking to see what it was to see if they would have played it at school yay I'm excited so it's 
inadvertently Coen Brothers themed as well. Coen Brothers week. Perfect. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch more Nicolas Cage in actual good movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he's made a lot of stinkers. (laughs) Yeah. He's a very, I don't know, I like him. Uh, I feel like he's uh, he's just like a funny character to me because it feels like he really just like does shit because he wants to and like not because he cares about like what people are gonna think about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, this might be a good conversation for next week since we're watching one with him. But I think there's a, yeah. a whole segment we could talk about the Coppola family. <laughs> yeah, nepo babies conversation. <laughs> Did we? We already talked about we talked about the Coppola daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe I already brought maybe it up on the week. podcast. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe next week. All right, everybody. That's our pod for the week. Hope you enjoyed watching up with us. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at watchinguppod and email us watchinguppod at gmail.com. All your thoughts, feelings, opinions. Subscribe, rate, five stars. We love you all. Five Just stars. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> five stars, everybody. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next week. Bye. No, no, that's all I have to say.